Welcome to Cover to Cover, a podcast featuring musical conversations about an album or song which has changed and enhanced someone's life. I'm your host, songwriter Matt Tarka. We humans connect with the presence of music in our own unique way. As an artist, a concert goer, through our headphones, or as something that simply lives in our everyday background. Our guest today is someone who currently comes to us from Los Angeles by way of Charleston, South Carolina, Savannah, Georgia, and Atlanta. He is one Dom Kelly. Dom Kelly is a member of the rock band A Fragile Tomorrow and has released a solo project titled Everything is Just Enough. I'll be sure to give you a few links in the show notes. For listeners out there who are already a fan of Dom's musical projects, you'll be pleased to know that A Fragile Tomorrow will be heading into the studio very soon to cut their next record. I would also be remiss to mention Dom has also started a side business, a social impact agency for musicians called Sound and Vision Collective. In terms of favorite activities, Dom said that he enjoys spending time with his wife the most due to, in his words, his quote-unquote lack of free time. Dom's favorite show of all time is Breaking Bad, but also on top of that list is The West Wing and Grey's Anatomy. You might be wondering if Dom has any pet peeves. Well, he does not like when people actively promote fascism, to be honest. For our conversation today, Dom has chosen to turn us on to Phoebe Bridgers' debut record titled Stranger in the Alps, which was released on Dead Oceans on September 22nd, 2017. Stranger in the Alps was recorded at Zeitgeist Studios in Los Angeles, California. It was produced by Tony Berg and Ethan Gruska, mixed by Mike Mojus, and mastered by Bob Ludwig. So without further ado, let's get to know Dom Kelly and Phoebe Bridgers' debut effort, Stranger in the Alps. Dom, it's such a pleasure to talk with you today. Thanks so much for making some time to, to be on the program and, uh, and, and discuss this really cool offering from Phoebe Bridgers, Stranger in the Alps. It's been a little while since we've chatted, so thanks so much. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what compelled you to choose Stranger in the Alps? How did you, um, how did you discover Phoebe? What, what made you gravitate towards her music? You know, I actually saw somebody post a video, a live video, or I think it was like an in-session in video of hers on Facebook. Um, a friend of our, my band's named Mary, Mary Lou Lord. Um, she, uh, she's a pretty well-known singer-songwriter herself, and she, uh, she posted it, and I, the song was called, uh, the song was called Funeral, and I was like, oh, like, that's, so cool that she named this person named a song funeral um like i'm a pretty dark morbid person so i was like i have to have to watch this obviously and uh and i was just so i i actually sat there and, and wept while i watched this video because it, it just it was just her and a guitar player um in a room it they just it was some like in studio session that they did and it was just unreal i i just and i watched it like 10 times after that um and i was like i have to know who this person is and uh and it wasn't long after that that she released stranger in the alps and and when she released stranger in the alps it was right after my mom died and and i think when i found funeral my mom may have been in hospice for a while at that point and and so i think like so i i i am a folky i i love folk music i um my favorite songwriter is joni mitchell and i felt like this is this is like 
the Joni Mitchell of my generation. And um, I felt like this was like the blue of my generation um, because every song that I listened to just, just like gutted me. Um, like the entire record just, just guts me in a, in a good way. Like it, it, it really spoke to me. And I think it was really, um, really therapeutic for me after my mother died, um, listening to this really personal, um, really personal record and kind of getting to relate it to certain parts of my life and my, my experience at, at that point. Yeah, she she is she is one impressive vocalist and just as much an amazing songwriter. She just she really gripped me and you know thank you for introducing me to her. I you know she was completely <laughs> off my personal musical radar um, and she's in such great company. You know you mentioned Joni Mitchell's Blue. That's uh, some really just impressive songwriting. Powerful emotions are just ubiquitous throughout that whole record. So. Yeah, so great. Um, can you tell our listeners who some of the additional musicians and players are on this particular record? Yeah, um, so her 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 band um, live, and I think um, a couple of them are on the record. Uh, Harrison Whitford's like her longtime guitarist. Uh, Marshall Vore is, I think, a longtime drummer. Um, and then on the record. Um, Tony Tony Berg, um, anything Greska produced it, and they played a lot on the record too. Um, and uh, the cool kind of like guest spots for me um, was Connor Oberst um, sings on a song. Uh, Connor Oberst from Bright Eyes, and um, and then John Doe from X sings on a song. Um, and I was actually really surprised by by John Doe. Um, I, I mean, I you know I love X, I love John Doe. I um, I, I just I, I guess. Uh, Connor Oberst was a little bit more expected um, uh, uh, for me, at least upon listening to the record. I was like, oh, this makes sense. And um, I was just surprised to see like John Doe singing on on this girl's record. It was just like, yeah, super rad. So yeah, like those those are some people and, and those like those couple of guest guest vocalists. Those are the only two like guest vocalists on the record. Um, and then also like I think Greg Leese uh, played pedal steel on a couple of songs and he's he plays with everybody that guy's literally played with everybody so um i wasn't surprised to see like i'm 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 uh not as much of i'm not as much of a liner notes guy as my my brother who's in my band too you know um but (laughs) i i i when i really love a record i dig into the liner notes and so i wasn't necessarily surprised to see greg um and i wasn't necessarily surprised to see bob ludwig mastering the record like there were some people that was like yeah this makes sense and um, but John, John Doe was a, was a nice surprise. Why don't we just jump right into some of your favorite tracks here? Are there any, are there any uh, tracks that, you know, really just, you know, jump out at you? You mentioned Funeral from the Onset. Um, are there some others that you would like to discuss to begin with? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think uh, the the opening track on the record, Smoke Signals, um, was, uh, like, it is it is such a powerful opening track like it, it just uh you know listening to the record in full um uh from start to finish it it just like there's also smoke singles like re- re- reprise um at, at the end of the record um which is kind of cool but like just opening with this with the song is just so um so amazing to me um i i just remember the, the very first thing that that stood out to me was like 
just how different it was lyrically. Um, I, I, I actually recently read an interview that Phoebe did about her new record that's going to come out soon where she was talking about how she, she, she remembers thinking there were certain things that you couldn't like say flat out in a song. And, and she, she thought that, and then I guess realized, you know, you can actually say certain things flat out in the song. And like this, I think is an example of that. Like she, she references like all sorts of different things. Um, the, the, like, the first verse is this like really descriptive experience or really, really descriptive uh, verse of like some sort of experience that she, that she had. And, you know, she references, um, you know, uh, Ace of Spades um, and, uh, and like the, the name of a song um, and like, you know, it, it by Motorhead. And like, to me, it's like, how do you like, how do you like mention the name of a song by a band in your song? Like it's just so the, the way, and the way that she does it is, is so um, tasteful. Um, yeah. You know, like I think that's what jumped out to me upon like the first listen was like, wow, she just like mentioned a motorhead song and, uh, and like, and, and like did it in such a way that like, e- even if you don't know motorhead, like, even if you don't like, you know, like you don't know the song, like it, 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 it just like you, you don't know Lemmy, like like it just like wow, like it doesn't even matter. Um, but like knowing Motorhead, knowing the song, like it, it's like holy shit, she's like referencing another musician in this song and weaving it into this story, which is like so cool to me. Like she probably really, really had this experience of singing that song when he died and like. It, and, and she wrote about it in a song like like that to me is just like it, it kind of like breaks rules i i think like that 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 was that was my initial reaction was like wow she's breaking these like songwriting rules you know yes absolutely yeah and she uh yeah. you, you know the, the the way the song kind of like can can continues she does all she does these you know these these other references she references you know bowie dying and um says what does she say like been on my mind since Bowie died, uh, just checking yeah. out the hide from life, um, yes. which is, was like, Oh man, like I, I know how that felt. Cause I, you know, when Bowie died, I just felt like it was such a blow. Um, and, yeah. uh, and, and it was just like, you know, I, I can feel that, like that, that feeling, um, that, that, that she had, um, you know, mm-hmm. her, her reaction, um, to his death, it, it, it's and it just works in this like narrative that she's weaving together in the song, and uh, and then she like even throws out a like a like a Smith song, um, you know the name of a Smith song, how, how soon is now? Like it, it yeah. is just so um, like like the lyric. I think this is my favorite song lyrically on the record, and I think you and I had talked about at some point like that that very last. Um, like ending verse of the song, um, which is just so I've never, honestly, it's like, I, I've never read poetry like this before where she says like, I buried a hatchet. It's coming up lavender. Yeah. And I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> like, yes. What is it? And, and I've had to like spend a lot of time thinking about like, what do those words mean? Um, I'm envisioning somebody like you know, you know, they've got a box in their hand, 
and they yeah. want to bury some sort of, you know, awful memory or something like that. And as a result, you know, time passes and all of a sudden you have these beautiful lavender flowers that are growing on top of these really mm-hmm. awful, like awful memories or experiences. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally, I, I, I totally agree with that. Um, that whole, like, that whole verse, I'm like singing it in my head. I have to like, I buried a hatchet, it's coming up lavender. Um, the future is unwritten. The past is a corridor. Uh, I'm at the end of looking back through the hall. You, you're, you are, an, my, the last two lines, like, you are anonymous, I am a concrete wall. It's like, that, and that's how the song ends. Just her saying, I am a concrete wall and like holding out the word wall is yeah. like, is just like, it, it it just stopped me in my tracks. And and I think like listening to this song, very first song I listened to on this record, I'd already heard Funeral. Um, but, you know, it, it just, it just was like, yeah, this is going to be my favorite record <laughs> maybe yeah. of all time. Um, and it probably is, honestly, it's probably my, one of my favorite records of all time. And it was only released two years ago. <laughs> Which is remarkable. She's, yeah. Is this her debut effort, or is this... This, this is her debut um, full-length record, okay. as, far as, I, as far as I know, yeah. Yeah, yeah because... she, she's released other, other tracks. She'd released other tracks and stuff, but this is her first, uh, her first studio album. What a way of making your introduction into the music world. Mm-hmm. This is nothing short of incredible. Yeah. The next yeah. track we have on here is Motion Sickness. Mm-hmm. There are yeah. no words in the English language I can scream to drown you out. There's a lot of hate there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, from what I've read, it seems to be about Ryan Adams. Have you read anything about that? I haven't read anything about it, but I do know that she, at one point, was, they were collaborating on something. Yeah, I mean, there was a bunch of stuff um, uh, earlier this year, I think, that came out about her. Um, her and Ryan Adams, he had had some accusations against him um, of uh, sexual misconduct and, um, and and abuse, and, uh, um, and by several women. And she actually um, exposed him and went public about it. And um, from from what I understand, um, you know, I don't know. I actually don't know if she ever like confirmed this herself. Um, actually, I think she did. That that motion sickness is actually about Ryan Adams. Um, was were written written about him. Oh wow. Um, okay. Yeah. Which is uh, yeah. I think like it, you know, I it was another one of, like the Ryan Adams thing was super like super sad for me because I, I really yeah. like I, I love his music. Um, sure. And uh, yeah. but also like I was like okay that's you know I kind of canceled him. Um, after learning about all of this, I think Mandy Moore also came out and talked about it. And, um, but it, it made me like see this this song in a different way, um, uh, which I I think is you know when you have um, context for for certain things like for 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 songs that it, it it sometimes helps and sometimes hurts. And I think in this case it it was uh, it really like made me see the song in a in a different way. Um, because I, I honestly didn't really, well, didn't, never really thought too much about the words other than what, what you said, which is like, you know, there's, there's some hate there. <laughs> um, yeah. But, you know, it's, 
you know, whatever. It's a breakup song. I've written angry breakup songs. Like, you know, it, that that was what I thought. And then to like kind of hear more about her experience with him, it's like, oh wow, this is like, like this is her big fuck you to Ryan Adams. Um, <laughs> and it makes it even more impactful. I I I, I thought it was like it, it it made this song go for me from from like a fun, dancey breakup song that was like you know she like the, the production the way the song was, was produced is is kind of uh you know it's sort of upbeat and actually i don't know if most people wouldn't call it upbeat but you know i, I would say it's pretty upbeat and um and even live you know like people are dancing moving around like it's like a fun song to see her play live and then you get some context and it's like wow this she she went through some some pretty awful stuff with this guy and like you know, it just how to me it, it made me see the song in a different way. Yeah, this was definitely a powerful track. After motion sickness, we have funeral. I remember there was a lyric that we had discussed a couple of weeks ago that really, really hit home for you, and that was, you know, please tell me if I'm paraphrasing this correctly, but it begins with, "Jesus Christ, I'm so blue." Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's Jesus Christ, I'm so blue all the time. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the line. I it, it, I think when I that was like I said, that was the first song of hers that I, I had ever heard, and and you know what really captivated me about that video was was you know if the like right off the bat was her her voice was like unreal, and then she sings this that line, and I was like, oh my god, she, this that's me, um, you know she's and and. You know, that's, I don't know, I'm, I'm I'm pretty proud, like, to, you know, admit I'm kind of a sad boy. Um, and, uh, um, in fact, I took this, this quiz once, or my wife took this BuzzFeed quiz, and it was, is your husband, is your, we were dating at the time, it was, is your boyfriend a rad boy, a bad boy, or a sad boy? And she got sad boy, and there was a picture of Connor Oberst <laughs> in the results. Um, so... There probably could have been a picture of Phoebe Bridgers too, um, but uh, but yeah, it, 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 like I think that line really really spoke to me because again, like like who just flat out says that in a song, you know, like yeah. Jesus Christ, I'm so blue all the time, and that's just how I feel. I I always have and I always will. It's like yeah, same. <laughs> me me too. <laughs> yeah. Do you do you think just subconsciously i mean you you've mentioned joni mitchell's blue do you think that mm-hmm. you know do you think that phoebe bridgers is you know giving a, a nod to joni mitchell in she some could, ways she could be yeah you know by by just kind of casually mentioning the whole record i mean yeah totally she could be um I, it, it wouldn't surprise me um <laughs> at all uh i mean like i said like i i i will you know i don't know if if she would agree with with this but i will tell anyone who listens that to me she is the johnny mitchell of our generation and that i don't think we'll have anyone like her probably for a very long time um and uh that's 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 how i feel um and so yeah it wouldn't necessarily surprise me i'm sure she's I'm sure she's a johnny fan for for all of these listeners out there listening to our episode Funeral, if you haven't heard it, has a bit of a country tinge to it. It's a very quiet, sort of finger-picked uh, guitar tone that she's getting with a lot of really warm electric guitar feedback that's complementing the quietness and 
Um, if I was listening correctly, I thought I caught some pedal steel and maybe some sort of distorted cello. Did you hear? Did yeah. You yeah. I, I, when I saw her, I mean, the, the pedal steel stuff was, uh, was like live as played by her guitarist. I think he just does like a slide thing. Um, so, but it, it's possible like, like, you know, Greg, Greg Lee's played pedal steel on the record. So it's highly yeah. possible he played it, played it on the song. Yeah. But I definitely hear that too. And it's pretty. Next to After Funeral, we have a call out to a celebrity from, like, you could almost say yesteryear, and that's Demi Moore. Yeah. What do, you, yeah. What, do you have any thoughts on this track? That's kind of a an oddball reference. Yeah, it, it is. Um, I, I, you know, this is not a song that I, that I, that I go back to often. Like, I listen to this record all the time, but I, like, I've listened to it in in its entirety many, many times. And then I just, like most of us, just go back to certain songs. And this isn't one that I go back to often. It's a, it's a great song. Um, but, you know, it it seems like a, um, I don't know, like a, a tale of, like, you know, I don't know, she's talking to someone that she's into. And, you know, that, that first line is like, uh, what is it, like something about take, taking a dirty picture. Um, you know, it's... Uh, it's yeah. I, I I honestly don't know where she got Demi Moore from for, for the title. Um, right. I, I'm sure I'm sure she's talked about it somewhere. Um, Unless she was I, looking at an old Rolling Stone front cover of a magazine or something like that when she yeah. opted to pose nude. Maybe that's yeah. what she's you know referring to. Who in the world knows? Yeah. Yeah, I, I always find it kind of cool when uh when when artists will like name songs just just random names. Um, yeah. So maybe it's it's possible this is just a random name for her. Maybe she, it just you know, like you said, she was looking at Demi Moore or something, and like just decided to to name the song Demi Moore. I have no idea. I could probably Google it and find out, but uh, I oh, never yeah. have. And and sometimes yeah. it's like kind of kind of cool too to like not have the answers to every every question. It's yeah. a little mystery. Yeah, keep it open ended. There's yeah. you know a line. I mean, it's it's definitely it's it's leaning in that you know real sad kind of quality. I don't want to be stoned anymore. I don't want to be alone anymore. Compounded with these like eerie keyboards in the background. It's yeah, it's a, it's, it's a weird track for me. I, you know, yep. I, I would. Yeah. Oh, and I, and I just remembered that I, I, as I said that I don't know where she got the name from. I, I remember her talking about this in an interview. Um, She said, and I might be wrong. I should fact check this later, but I'm pretty sure she said, that when she says, I don't want to be stoned anymore, she thought it sounded like, I don't want to be, it sounded like she was saying stone Demi Moore. Um, <laughs> and I think that that's how she named it. I, I You can fact check me later and someone could tell me I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure I read that um, in an interview, uh, which is like, it, it, like, if that's true, like it just makes it even more amazing. Next track after Demi Moore, we have Georgia. Yeah. 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 Um, I think I read that she like retired the song um, from, from playing live. I, I might be wrong about that, but I'm pretty sure that she retired that song. Um, and that's actually another one that I don't really go back to all that often. Yeah. Um, but I, it, it's, it's like, I, I, I don't know if that's, if that's right, but I remember reading something like that where she said that she wasn't, she, it was kind of like not relevant for her life anymore. Something like mm-hmm. that. Um, but um but anyway like 
I think that's a really beautiful song. And what my favorite part about that song is it's sort of a different vibe than everything else on the, on the, on the track or on the record. Um, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's like a one, two, three, one, it's in like three, four. Um, and, uh, or it's kind of waltzy and like, um, and I think like, it's, it's just one of those songs that, um, you know, by the end of it, it really builds up, um, into this kind of like silky, like, I hate to say it cause I'm not a fan of theirs, but like Mumford and Sons esque vibe, um, Gotcha. By the yeah. end of it, which, which which I think is which I think is pretty pretty rad. Like it's one of the like, what one of the the, the standout um, songs for me, and that I think it's pretty different from everything else. Next track after Georgia, we have Scott Street. Mm-hmm. That yeah, I love the I love the wordplay in this particular song. You know, I've got a stack yeah. of mail and a tall can. It's a shower beer. It's a payment mm-hmm. plan. <laughs> yeah. 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 This is um this is I don't know what my favorite song I think this is my second favorite song on the record. Um and I think this is probably one of her one of her most like well known songs. Um I don't know if you've watched the video for it, but it's really, really awesome. Um there's just a bunch of people in um Phoebe Bridger's uh wigs. Um <laughs> which is like you should go watch it, it's really cool. I will. Um yeah. but uh but yeah, I think this is like probably my second favorite song. Um, mainly, well, I, I loved it when I first heard it, but I think one of the cool things um, for me was that uh, I didn't know what Scott Street was when I first heard the record. Um, my wife and I moved to LA like probably only a few months after I after the record came out, and we moved to the Echo Park neighborhood. And not long after that, I we went to see her play, and on stage she said, "This is a song about Echo Park." And I was like, oh, my God, that's where I live. Um, <laughs> and I just thought that was, like, really cool that, like, now every time I hear this song, like, you know, is it about Echo Park? And, like, no, there's, like, a lot more to this story. But um, one of the things that that she says, this line, which I think is really funny, is there's helicopters over my head every night when I go to bed. And uh, that's, like, so true about Echo Park. Um, there are always helicopters at night um and it just made the song like that much more relatable to be like oh yeah i i get i get this because i i live i live there um so that that was kind of a cool thing yeah she's she's also like mentioning a couple of characters it's like you're peering into a conversation that she once had and she's kind of relaying things verbatim and um there's a part where she talks about you know how she's asking somebody how their sister is and you know there's a reference to getting a college degree or you know perhaps a high school diploma and mm-hmm. you know <laughs> she says that makes me feel old and the guy that she's speaking with says well what does that make me it uh-huh. sounds like there's some i love i love that sort of wordplay and somehow yeah. it's like you're catching up but there's this sort of weird friction that's kind of been created out of the blue yeah yeah i mean it's it's super cool and uh you know like relatable like i've i think we've all had similar conversations um with other people who are older than us and um i think my, i think my favorite part about the song is in that in that part where i think she says like um oh uh i asked you how i was playing drums you said it's too much shit to carry but like right right before that like when she says right after that line the drums yeah. come in and I just think like that's such a smart um, production choice. Um, <laughs> it, it, it's just so it's so clever 
um, and it works so well, and it doesn't feel cheesy. Like it just feels like like it works. It just makes sense. Um, and, and that's like another thing about the song is that like like at the end of the song you hear like planes flying and like you know these weird noises and it like sonic. I think this is my favorite song sonically on the record. Um, it, there's just something about the the production in this one that just feels so unique and um this is like probably my most listened to phoebe bridger song i picked up some hints of you know remember those old like fisher price toy telephones mm-hmm. you may have had as a, as a kid i could have sworn i heard some some either a sampling of a fisher price or an actual fisher price toy telephone somewhere in the coda of the song that just, <laughs> it, that, it, it just made me laugh it made me yeah. it made me smile too it would not surprise me <laughs> yeah it's a really cool track. After Scott Street, we've got a track here called Killer. And it's very stripped down. Piano, vocals, and keyboards. Yeah. Yeah, and this is the one with John Doe from X. Um, and, uh, yeah, this song is like, oh, man, I mean, talk about, like, poetry. This is, like, this is so, so powerful lyrically. Um, I think... Uh, um, she actually did a, a version of this on an EP, I think, a couple years prior, which is a little different. Um, it was on guitar. Um, and this studio version with, with John Doe is just, like, so good. His, his voice is um, – his harmony is just so, like, distinct. Um, yeah. And his voice is so di- different from hers, and yet it just, like, works. There's just this, like – the way their voices kind of come together is just really perfect. Um, but I think the the line that really, I mean, first of all, she talked about Jeffrey Dahmer, um, you know, like, again, like here's this really, like really out there reference that you just yeah. like name, you know, and, and it, there's just like something so cool about the way that she weaves that into the story. But I think my favorite, my, my favorite line, I think it's the second verse. Um, where she says, like, when I'm sick and tired and my mind is barely there, when a machine keeps me alive and I'm losing all my hair, I hope you kiss my rotten head and pull the plug. Those two lines, I hope you kiss my rotten head and pull the plug, is, is like, I, I just remember hearing that and welling up with tears because, like, it's, like, pretty grotesque. And um, yeah. I don't even know if it's, like, meant to be emotional, like, for some reason, I just had this emotional response to it, um, and I don't even know why. I, I, I just, like, it just felt so – this is a love song, and I think it just yeah. felt like like that's so – that is love, you know? Like, um, you know, here – like, like who, I love you so much, and when I'm that sick, when I'm not able to be alive on my own, give me a kiss and take me off the machine. Like, and, but the way that she says it is so, um, it's just so like, uh, explicit. And in a really hair on the back of your neck stand. It does. Yeah, it does. It does. It's, it's like, again, like the way, like she just has a way of like, of, of writing lyrics that just like, it just does something to me. And I'm, you know, I know thousands of thousands of other people, but um, you know, like when I go back to this song, I just I just wait for this this verse because um, I just feel like so 
like just so moved by it. It's it's such a beautiful like a beautiful love song in like her really dark um sort of demented way. <laughs> the sequencing of this record is absolutely beautiful because it segues into a tune called Chelsea. Mm-hmm. And from from the get-go she's talking about somebody's revolution equated to a deathbed and the music is that person's maid, their caretaker. It's yeah, creepy. It's all good. Yeah. It's creepy. I mean, that's you can you can use that word. I think to uh, to describe a lot of a lot of the lyrics on her record. It's creepy. Um, but I but I think that's uh, I I think it's really cool. I I I love the like the imagery in this song too. Um, well, I mean, she does in a lot of songs, but. Um, you know, at one point she says, or in the chorus, she says, like, you spit the blood back, um, you know, and it's like, you can, like, see it, you know, while she's singing that, you can see, like, someone spitting the blood back, and who knows if she was literally talking about spitting the blood back, or if there's some some meaning behind it, um, but I think that's what I really love about Phoebe's music, is it's so descriptive, um, and this song in particular, um, just, it, it's so... Uh, like the way that she puts these words together and 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 tells the story is is done so it's just so unique to me. From from there after Chelsea, we have a tune called "Would You Rather." Yeah, this is my favorite song on the record. Um, yeah. yeah, I think uh, I, I I listen to this is my this is probably right up there with Smoke Signals in terms of how often I listen to it. Um, and I'm not lying when I say I listen to this record constantly. Um, and I, I, I do that, and then I retire records, and I don't listen to them for a long time. I haven't stopped listening to this record um, since it came out. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, this one, I think, is so um, – I, I, it feels like I can relate to it um, in, in some ways. Um, from my understanding of the song is it's, a, it's, a, it's talking about her relationship with her brother, um, and they, it's kind of talking about this experience, you know, that she had as a child. And it seems like maybe there was some kind of abuse that she, that, that she, uh, that she had. And it's like their, their, how, how their relationship has evolved and how they've been able to kind of like see each other through these, you know, difficult things that they faced as a child. And, um, and that they'll kind of always be there for each other. And she's like, has that, you know, kind of really beautiful message in, in her own, you know, way, you know, that, that Phoebe Bridgers does uh, lyrically. Um, but I, you know, I think for me and my experience as a, as a kid with dealing with some, some trauma, not, not abuse, but dealing with, with some trauma as a kid and, you know, there's this line, um, I think it's the second verse, she says, we, we have the same face. I laid awake if someone shoved you up against the wall, but like that we have the same face um, yeah. it, it, like I have, you know, I'm an identical brother. So like yeah. I literally, you know, have someone with the same face as me. Um, yeah. and it's like, you know, she's describing the situation where, you know, she, she watched her, I'm assuming, assumedly her brother getting abused. And, um, and then she says, he's half the man and you're twice as tall. Or she's like, she's like telling him it's okay. You're strong. You're, and it just, I think emotionally it really spoke to me because like, I wouldn't have gone through 
some of the trauma that that we faced as a kid losing our triplet brother um yeah. had my you know my brother Sean and I not not been there for each other and we got to see each other through that and like give each other to that strength and like I think that's why this this song really speaks to me and then of course like the I'm a can on the string you're on the end um is just like such a great visual in fact it's gonna, that's my next tattoo um uh it, because of the song it's just this song really really speaks to me finally uh we close up the track there is you know certainly that reprise um early on but you know it's it's nice you know that the penultimate track you know happens to be a a sun kill moon cover you I know part. it's uh it clocks in just shy of 7 minutes it's a it's a bit mm-hmm. of an odyssey yeah yeah well i i i love sun kill moon um I love Mark Kozalik. I think it's how you say his last name. Um, and so this was like really cool. Um, I, I actually hadn't really listened to the original version of this song. Um, and, uh, and I, you know, when I realized this was a Sun Kill Moon song, I was, uh, or a Mark Kozalik song, I was able to like, um, you know, go back and listen to it. And uh, his version, you know, to be honest, I like Stevie's better. Um, uh, they're, they're both, you know, they're both great. Obviously Mark's amazing, but, um, yeah. but yeah, so this song is like, um, I mean, it, it just fits, it fits this record. It's, it's very similar lyrically in the way that it tells the story. Um, and then, you know, the way that she, like, if there are some, sometimes when you can tell somebody's doing a cover, um, because it, it just doesn't really fit or it feels a little bit like out there. Um, and like, this doesn't feel like a cover. Like if, if I didn't know, you know, this was a Mark Cazellic song, like I, like I would just think she wrote this, um, and I, I think I think that's what I like about this this version the most is that it just fits so well. This like this like gruesome story. It's like like I'm watching a movie as I'm listening to this song of like you know this this main character you know murdering her her or his, you know her for in Phoebe's case or his you know his spouse's lover and like you know running from the cops and going to jail and you know being you know sent to, to death you know like you're following the story and i feel like i'm watching a movie while, while i'm listening to it every it time. sounds like a murder ballad yeah it's a murder ballad it's so cool it's like so like it's so like i don't know it, it's stylistically it's different but in terms of the story it just like brings me to like johnny cash like outlaw country you know like that kind of storytelling um, which I Dolly, really Dolly Parton, even Dolly Parton, yeah, yeah, totally. Those early Dolly Parton tracks, like Knoxville Girl, yep. yeah, kind of in that realm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, last but not least, um, I want to ask you a question about cover art, and I'll begin it. I'll preface it like this: so, you know, as we know, we live in this crazy, you know, chaotic universe where you know, information and music can be quickly accessed in the palm of our hand or even with a click of just a few buttons on a smartphone. Um, even in this 21st century, artwork, you know, it, it, it's it's a great supporter of music. It remains that cornerstone, whether it's you're whether you're releasing singles, whether you're releasing, you know, EPs, full-length records, makes no difference. Art is present. Um, when you look at this album cover, Dom, what is conjured up in your mind? What, what um... What, what speaks to you when you take a look at this? Yeah, it's so interesting. I think I I honestly don't know what to think about this this album cover other than my first reaction is this is a a picture of her as a kid is what my first thought is. It could be totally off there, 
Um, but like my assumption was this is her as a kid and she painted a ghost on herself and it kind of like goes along with a lot of the, the theme of the lyrics of like feeling, you know, feeling invisible, feeling, um, you know, feeling sad. Like it, it just like this ghost, like turning herself into a ghost thing, just like really like it, it, it connects to, to the theme lyrically on the record. And, and uh, I don't know what to say about the little rainbow coming out of her head or the dog in the background. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you have thoughts on that, but I, I, I I don't. I just think it looks really cool. <laughs> As for that rainbow, uh, maybe <laughs> maybe maybe she's hoping that you know, uh, I don't know if if it's in fact her re- retains some sort of innocence in her childhood, yeah. perhaps. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, it's yeah. It, I, I overall, I this like I just think it looks so cool, and this is one of my favorite uh, one of my favorite album covers too. Um, just just the way that it's that it's. Uh, you know, positioned and, um, yeah. you know, and, and framed. It's just, it's really beautiful. Dom, it has been such a great pleasure to chat with you. I'm really, I'm, I'm so happy we had a chance to really delve into Phoebe Bridgers. She's an amazing musician. It, it seems like you, you know, this is your record, man, you know? Yeah, I mean, can can you tell that I, that I love this record? <laughs> yeah. Just, I, my, my, my wife has, I don't know if she's gotten sick of it yet because I just every car, every long drive, I listen to this record. Um, I'm assuming she hasn't, but but yeah, I mean, she just she's just I think a special musician. And I also just want to say that I I've called her the Joni Mitchell of our generation twice now, and like I also like I also want to say that I I know some people like don't like comparisons like that, and um, and so like if she ever hears this, I mean it in the best way possible and also believe that she is a force of her own and, uh, you know, it doesn't need to be compared to anybody. Dom, thank you so much for coming on this uh, podcast today, Cover to Cover. It's been, like I said, it's been it's been great talking to you and thanks for talking about this record that has affected you in such a profound way. Oh, thank you. I, I love what you're doing. I really appreciate you having me do it. My thanks to Dom Kelly for being on with us today. For all of you listeners out there, thank you so very much, and please remember to hit that subscribe button on your favorite device in which you listen to your favorite podcast, whether it's Apple, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you like to listen to your favorite podcasts. Take a moment to tell friends and family about our show, and feel free to drop us a line at hello at covertocoverconversations.com. Intro and outro music of our podcast is produced by Jarrett Nicolay at Mixtape Studios in Northern Virginia, and we hope you discovered some new music, perhaps rekindled your love for an old forgotten song, and shared a good moment with us as we continue to sonically explore a world from cover to cover.